Left. Right. Yo, don't get too cocky. We got a list of facts that you thought you knew, but you knew wrong. <laughs> Even some of the facts that I'm presenting, uh, I get corrected on. So uh, this is an eye-opener. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, let me know some surprising facts in the comments. Thank you guys, as always, for watching. Uh, it really helps this podcast. If you like, subscribe, comment, any interaction with the podcast uh, really helps us boost. This is Sip Talk. Grab a drink and enjoy. Cheers. 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 All right, we are live. Welcome to Sip Talk episode 159. My name is Justin DeGiulio out of my basement in New Jersey, joined by James, the Bosnator Boswell, accountant, philosopher, bartender, and referee out of you're in san diego yeah san diego um i'll be back in charleston next week how you, how you feeling out there san diego you got the flu rona yet i hope not um i mean i'm triple vaccinated and i've been wearing a mask most of the time that i'm outside but uh going to a concert tonight so there's a risk there high risk high risk yeah i would cancel i would actually i would lobby to have the concert itself canceled that would be that would be the safest and most responsible thing for you to do well, yeah, actually, that, you know what? Beyond having the concert canceled, anybody who's performing at the concert actually should lose their career. I think really what you need to do is get on the Twitterverse and these irresponsible people who are supporting and, and uh, performing for these super spreader events. I, you know, I think that's really irresponsible. I think they need to go away. Well, the concert venue has a vaccine or negative test requirement. So, well, as we know, uh, vaccines don't keep people from getting it and they certainly don't keep keep people from spreading it so uh all in all it's very irresponsible but look i'm gonna let it go this once all right you're involved i trust your judgment i'm actually feeling really good today feeling really hydrated uh which is actually that's uh a bit of a handicap when we go into this hour-long podcast because uh we're having some drinks and sometimes a couple of drinks in you gotta pee so i'm hoping hoping that doesn't happen to me what are you drinking over there um, I am drinking lime ginger. Uh, just it, it's not alcoholic because we are actually dry in this apartment right now. Oh, no good. No good. Yeah, I realized about 10 minutes ago, I was like, I don't have enough time to walk down to the corner store and get a beer. Oh, no. The, the, the dry apartment. Well, um, you got to get you, are you familiar with those. It's not by policy, it's more by inaction. Are you, uh, are you familiar with Drizzly and Mini Bar um, that deliver bottles? Um, yeah, but I don't want liquor. Fair enough. They deliver beer too, but uh, I find depending on where you are in New Jersey, it's like a two-day wait, which is silly. In the in the Manhattan, you can get it in a couple of hours. I want to say hi to uh, ESQ. I don't, I don't like having things delivered. Like it's something that I almost never do. I'm not a big fan of it. Well, that's, yeah, I understand that. Um, it costs money, and you're overpaying to begin with, so you pay the delivery yeah. fee and the cost. So look. Today's episode is about, uh, we're going to share some fun facts. I think that'll be exciting. I, uh, I kind of went down this pathway in, in searching some facts when uh, I got fed up with the news today. You know, I like to, like our podcast to be on point and, and in, in What did you get annoyed with the news about? Well, I, I'll share with you because I was going to share them anyways, but, um, but I usually try to keep things up to date with what's going on in the news and, and relevant. Uh, but I logged in today, started looking at some news. And uh, the first thing I saw was a story about Drake. Now, to me, Drake shouldn't be making the news. You want to put him in a magazine, the supermarket uh, checkout aisle, I'm all for that, right? I'm probably not buying those magazines, but that's where news about celebrity belongs. It doesn't belong on kind of page one news. But apparently, and this is a funny story, I'll, I'll give you that, but it, and I laughed, I enjoyed the story, but it's not what I want to be reading about when I hear about news. So there's a woman who may sue him because I'll read you I'll read you what happened, all right? Apparently, he slept with this woman. Instagram models making some pretty crazy claims about the hip-hop star. Uh, claims that Drake has a bizarre way of stopping women from stealing his sperm. 
Greg and the IG model uh, met on Instagram, decided to link up. Uh, they had a romantic encounter. Uh, they went uh, went from a party back to his hotel, smoked a little weed. He asked her if she wanted to have sex. Uh, she said he was very intent on ensuring things were consensual. Good for drink. Uh, they started a bit of foreplay. Da da da. da. Uh, and then he went to the bathroom, came out with a condom on. She describes his manhood. Uh, and then, uh, you know, he, uh, he blew his load there, went back into the bathroom, removed the condom, came back out. Minutes later, she went to the bathroom, as people do after they have sex. It's kind of normal. And uh, apparently starts screaming, agonizing screams. So apparently what Drake did was he uh, removed the condom and then uh, put some hot sauce in it. And this woman, trying to have Drake's babies, went in and tried to empty the contents of the condom into herself. <laughs> so her argument is that this was <sighs> ass assault, and his argument is this is what I do to, you know, to, to kill sperm, which... That's actually <laughs> a really terrible idea, because I don't think that would work. I, I don't necessarily know that hot like, sauce would kill sperm. So some... first of all, I understand the paranoia. I, I empathize there. Um, especially as someone who is worth a lot of money and someone might be looking for a free meal ticket for the next 18 years. I get the, the, the caution there. Um, but I don't normally endorse this because it's it's bad for like plumbing and sewer systems and stuff, but just flush the condom, man. Just well, that's, flush it. I, I, and, and I actually, not only did I read about it, but I heard about it on some podcasts, on a podcast that I listened to, and that's uh, a legal podcast. They so were kind of exploring the legality of this, um, which, I mean, yeah, it should have been flush. Obviously, you don't know the septic. They're in a hotel, so you can assume if you're in a hotel in a first world country, the plumbing's probably sufficient enough to flush a condom. And, and uh, it's probably not the first condom that that plumbing system has seen. Exactly. Right, I want to get. I want to move through these because I want to get to the yeah, fun but fact. The, to me, that's so, that's a stupid solution when an easy one presents itself. Yeah, um, but it's also a bit funny. So there's that. I got um, no sympathy for. Exactly. I don't think anybody does. Um, but uh, but that again, to me, not news. So then I see that uh, Iran released this video. Uh, it's like a virtual version of Trump being assassinated. Okay. Which to me was like, is that, I don't necessarily know this is news. Like, I don't think this happened on like a federal level. Just some somebody made a video. They were in Iran. It kind of made it, but it made its way to who? And uh, I didn't. It didn't seem especially threatening. So it didn't it didn't strike it, me the as the United as States hate. makes videos like that all the time. Not necessarily it, it, like, government. It looked, it looked like a video game, right? You know, so so there was okay. that again. I was just like, that's not, you know, it's just frustrating that I'm re like that's not what I. It's not one of the topics I'm interested in when I when I read the news and what I I feel now. It's also not news. But but that's that's not what. But that is what the news is now. Like they just talk about anything. Well, the more death, the better. The more scary, the the more clickbait you can get, the, the better it is for, you know, whatever media outlet. And then here's the last one. Now, this to me seemed more newsworthy, but seemed, uh, it just didn't leave me feeling good. So apparently in Tasmania, they've created a black box for the earth. Have you heard this? You know, black boxes on an airplane, it records everything on the airplane. Yeah. And, and, it, and it's basically impervious yeah, to do. fire and crashes. Well, not everyone does, James. So I have to explain it to you so the people listening can understand what I'm saying. Okay. All right. So so now that we're on the same page, this black box records everything. So it's connected to the internet, and it basically just logs data. And what it, it's said to do is, is that should a uh, catastrophic event happen on, on Earth – something apocalyptic some future society could come along and one day have the technology to consume the data logged in this black box my money's on giant meteor yeah but but well yeah i think the black box would survive the, the giant meteor um because that's kind of the idea of the black box 
But uh, but it just didn't leave me feeling very good. So that was the one thing that was newsworthy. It wasn't page one. It was it was like further down on, on whatever list. Um, so either way, let's commence with the uh, with the fun facts. But I do have to ask you: Did your brother just walk through the background wearing exactly the same thing as you? <laughs> yeah, I ran out of long sleeve shirts, and he's like, "Yeah, I've got two of these." So. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are dressed like twins. Yeah, Brilliant. we were thinking about going into the office yesterday wearing the exact same thing. That would have been creative. That would have been creative. I would have given it to you there. Uh, so look, I uh, I want to get on with these. Uh, uh, I want to uh, let's see. Irma's joined us. Uh, Yo, give me ten what? seconds. That's fine. I'm going to say hi to the people on Instagram: Cloyancy, Christine, Nevins, Barbara, Diana, New York. Nice to see you guys. What's up, Tori? Uh, I see you making fun of my mustache. And I want to say hi over there on TikTok. And anybody who's watching live, you got to catch us so that we can read your comments live on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, or Facebook. You can comment, and your comments appear on our main screen. That way I don't have to lose my eye line just to, uh, just to look at you guys. Thank you for the compliment on uh, Hey Norma on TikTok. Thank you for the TikTok compliment. They like my new look. Uh, the only thing this mustache has, has brought me has been people telling me I got to shave this fucking mustache off my face. <laughs> so yeah, that's, uh, that's I think the normal process of growing a mustache. Yeah, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna run with it for a couple more weeks, and uh, you know I just want to get a nice. It's pretty full, but I want to get a nice, real full cowboy mustache before I really make any moves. She you gets know, some I wanna wax. Get, I want to get up to speed. Yeah, there's no way I'm waxing my my face. Um, all right. No, no, no. To like the mustache wax. Oh, mustache wax to really shape and style the stash. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, I, I may not. I may need to do something more public facing than our podcast, <laughs> where uh, I decide to decide to shave it off. So, um, I've had you know in the past I've had some periods where I was single for an extended amount of time, um, or in a relationship for an extended amount of time where I felt comfortable enough to grow a big beard. So, uh, you know, but then, of course, some, you know, I was facing something. There was me photos or video involved or a first date involved. I had to shave the, the beard just because it wasn't, I didn't identify with the beard. I don't quite identify with the mustache. I feel like I'm walking around in somebody else's identity, somebody with a big mustache. Mm, on, that you note, Club. <laughs> on that note, uh, I'll let you lead. We both got some fun facts. I, I think mine are better, but I don't know yours yet. So uh, uh, I like this one. Um, the inventor of shopping carts had to deco uh, deploy decoy shoppers to wheel the carts around the stores and like put items in the cart because like people didn't know what they were supposed to be used for. <laughs> um, interesting. That makes me wonder. So shopping carts are newer to my life than, than you might think. Since I lived in the city for so long, um, I didn't. Well, even when I lived in, in South Carolina for a while and I didn't have a car, that's kind of when it started. I was driving a bicycle and then locking it outside the grocery store or a motorcycle, and I would bring my backpack and then I'd have to trek home on the bicycle or motorcycle. So when you're shopping, you really have to limit how much you buy. And then living in New York City, you're usually not driving or taking a taxi to and from the grocery store. So if you if you grab a cart, you're not going to be able to wield it home. So for the last decade plus of my life, I haven't used shopping carts. You know my you know my yeah, I but you know how to use them because in upstate New York where we well, grew up, we used well, them that's time. where we grew up. But now it's but you know now I, I go shopping less considerably less frequently, drop way more money on groceries. And come back with a bounty, bountiful amount of, you know, trunk full of, of groceries. So, uh, but using the shopping cart, actually, last time I went shopping, right before Christmas, two shopping carts. And, uh, you know, New York City, you can buy the expensive groceries because you're not buying much of them. Here, I, you know, I'm, I, I'm starting to look for some deals. Either way, the two shopping carts was almost $600 worth of fucking groceries. I, I, haven't, I, I don't know how you do that. Most I've yeah, ever spent at a grocery store is like 140 or 150 bucks. I I don't know how I spend that much either. I've never spent that much money on groceries again because shopping with a grocery cart is new to me. Now I've ordered food before, you know, for delivery groceries, but uh, it's different when you're shopping. Uh, you know what was weird for me down to the, um, in the south? They don't call them grocery carts. 
Oh, they call them buggies. Mm-hmm. Oh, that drives me. That makes me think of like some Victorian era frumpy Miss Muppet looking lady with like a baby cart, baby carriage, and they're calling it a buggy. To me, that just mm-hmm. yeah. I was like, what, what, what are you referring to? The, you mean, oh, you mean the grocery cart? Yeah, no, that's way more Miss Muppety to me. Um, all right, so uh, I got one for you. Let's see. Um, can you guess the state with the longest coastline? Alaska. Close, Florida. Although maybe maybe my fact is wrong because now you throw out Alaska, I'm like shit. That that sounds very uh, similar to uh, what Florida could be. Maybe it was. Uh, let let me uh, Alaska coastline. Land. It might be the the continental United States because Alaska would be so far ahead. Otherwise, fuck yeah, no, you yeah, it is way far ahead. I, it must it, it has to. Uh, there's no disclaimer. You win. Good. Good for you. You you uh you trumped my fun fact. Beat the fun. You, you know what's really interesting about coastlines is that they're not technically measurable. Why? Because they change with the tide. Well, even if you were to measure at the exact same tide, how you measure a coastline is going to get you a different answer. To the the unit by which you measure by will get you a different answer. If you're measuring every mile. Like, imagine drawing, like, a point-to-point along the coastline. Mm -hmm. So if you use a ruler that's one mile long, then you're going to get one answer. If you use a ruler that's 100 yards long, you're going to get a different answer because where you measure as where the coastline begins and the water begins. And so if you go from a 100-yard to, like, a one-foot ruler or whatever, now you're measuring every little crevice and every little thing. And... I think the answer actually trends towards infinity. The smaller <laughs> unit you use, the closer the your coastline will approach to infinity in length. Well, that would go for anything on a curve, right? No, curves have a definite... Um, if there's a measure. specific angle to the curve, but anything... But any curve will have a specific length. Um, coastlines, the problem is what you're defining as the coastline changes as you measure well, you it's called the coastline it, paradox. You can look it up. The uh, satellite can take an instantaneous image and then run the math for that, yeah? Again, it's what's the resolution of the satellite? <laughs> Fair enough. Um, all right, I'm going to give you the coastline paradox as your next fast, uh, fact. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you one of my facts now. Sorry, I'm, I'm skipping you, but... I'm giving you co- again your coastline paradise. You're sour because I beat your fact into submission. Your Alaska fact, which is like sixty. So Florida is th- uh, uh, one thousand three hundred fifty miles, give or take. Alaska sixty five hundred miles. So uh, it's, a, it's almost a factor of fucking five higher. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that's you got me on that. Uh, but that's the thing about geography. A lot of people don't get is is that like depending on the map that you look at, um, it can be wildly deceiving. Like Alaska is an enormous swath of land that Texas uh, fits inside of Alaska like three times. Yeah, that that we just completely discount. So you know, good for the United States when it comes to owning. Oh, speaking of really quickly, since we're on Alaska, there are two states in the United States that have never recorded a temperature above 100 degrees Fahrenheit. What are those two states? Above 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, So I'm guessing Alaska is one, given that's the answer. Everyone guesses Alaska. It's the farthest north. Yeah, and then I'm... um, I want to say like North Dakota. I feel like Washington. Washington hit like a hundred several days in a row just last year. Yeah. Remember like uh, in Seattle, the heat wave there? Yeah. So I'm just trying to think of like uh, what's the uh, pathway of air, whatever that's called. The uh, But I'm going, I'm, I'm going with North Dakota because I can't think of a better. Yeah. Gulf Stream. I can't think of a better answer. Hawaii. Has never measured over a hundred degrees. Correct. Fahrenheit. Correct. Is it because they don't use thermo- uh, 
No, it's because they're tropical. Like it's, so it's, it's just, very it's warm so there, easy. but you've got yeah. the ocean around everywhere, so it can't get too hot because you've just got all this relatively cool water around it. Interesting, because uh, Hawaii is actually closer to the equator than any place in Why is California. The only United State that is below the Tropic of Cancer. Mm, very interesting. Looking at a map, I couldn't see you for a minute. All right. Uh, I gotta give you my my uh, I gotta give you my carrot fact. <laughs> so is this about World War Two? No. Okay, you can follow up my carrot fact with something about World War Two that's related to carrots. It is. Uh, but uh, but all modern day carrots are effectively GMO. Originally, uh, carrots were predominantly purple with some white and yellow variety, and mm. in the 17th century. The, do the Dutch cultivated them into what we know as our normal carrots, the uh, orange regular size carrots, part one. So cultivated is effectively historical term for GMO. Just, well, yeah, it was, but it was it's, done it's in, using different methods. Depends. You know, we could, we could do something now using the same method and come up with something modified and they would still say it's genetically modified. Doesn't happen to happen in a in a beaker, um, but also baby carrots. You know where baby carrots come from? Mama carrots. <laughs> baby carrots are just regular carrots that are cut in two inch, uh, two inch long pieces, and then they are shaved down and peeled after they've been cut. Hmm. Hmm. I'm not yeah. going to stop buying baby carrots. <laughs> um. All right, what do you got? World War II. So you know the the perception that if you eat a lot of carrots, you will get better vision? Yeah. That was a lie created by the British during World War II that you like you have better night vision if you eat a lot of carrots. And the reason they came up with that lie was because to disguise the fact what? that they had invented radar. What? So they had the ability to, to like detect they and had, shoot down German planes at night. And they were just telling people that, that they were eating carrots, and this is how they got so good at detecting planes? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I've never heard that before. Um, but I'll, I'll go ahead and, and believe you on that one. That's, you can uh, look it up if you want. That's pretty wild. Well, just because you look it up doesn't mean it's true, obviously, with the well, Florida case here. Look, look with the, more with than the Florida more. here. Um, all right. Uh, what else you got? I'll give you. I'll give you another one. I'll let you double up this time. Oh, we'll do another call back to Tuesday. Um, octopuses have copper-based blood rather than iron-based blood, which means no that way. octopus blood is actually blue. No but that's because way. it's copper, not iron. Have, I know you're not a seafood guy. You ever spent a lot of time around octopus? Can't say that I have. Oh my god. Dude, I uh, did I tell you when I cooked that octopus? Like maybe it was twenty twenty. Yeah, it was, it was it was during coronavirus. I bought an octopus. It, you know, I, I went to the seafood department. They packed it up, brought it home, and uh, I can I will tell you, you know, bare hand this octopus. You got to rinse it, and uh, you got to basically boil it for a while because it, otherwise, it, you know, it gets way too rubbery. And then uh, chop it up and, and fry it in a pan. And it was the strangest meat, uh, strangest animal I have ever been in close contact with. It seemed alien to me. It, it wasn't alive when you bought it, right? No. Uh, I don't know how shortly before I bought it it was alive. But it had been debrained. Uh, but there were still other parts like the, I don't know, like sucker parts that you have to... Their kind of main mouth sucker thing that you got to cut out of it before you before you serve it. But it was completely alien to me. It was actually really freaky. It was it was gray, and it just didn't remind me of anything else I've ever eaten. You know, when you get it served on a on a a plate and it's been cooked in a cast iron skillet and it's got some pepper flakes on it and some olive oil and you know some other spices, it's it's way far removed from the actual raw dead animal and that dead animal is very foreign and very freaky I, I i felt 
I got a little weirded out. I actually felt like I was like touching an alien. I just mm. I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't compartmentalize in my mind where that would belong like in the natural world, except you know, bottom of the ocean, uh, somewhere in the ocean. Um, all right, I got uh, I want to so. I got a list of some of the dirtiest things that we touch on a regular basis. Doorknob. And and uh, and I the uh, the dirtiest thing list I think I really like, especially today, because I get really pissed off with everybody using Purell like a hundred and fucking forty times a day. Um, I, I think it's ultimately going to be really really bad for us. And you you know that like uh, you know you. You have kids that are basically raised in a bubble. They're super clean. Everything is bleached. They don't play outside. Everything's got Purell on it. But we have this huge rise in allergies, peanut allergies, things like that. Um, and the more kids play outside in the dirt and in the forest, the less likely they are to develop these allergies. Yeah. So I, I think the Purell culture is actually going to contribute to more of these allergies over the next few decades because it's not just using Purell. It's the mindset of everything I touch is dangerous and I need to Purell constantly. Um, but on that note, just to fuck with people, some of the dirtiest things that we touch, uh, there's no specific order to this, but uh, number one is the cell phone. I think a lot of people are familiar with that already. Cell phone is obviously very dirty. Um, number two, the TV remote control. Number three, the keyboard. And that's amplified radically if it's a public keyboard. <laughs> uh, the dish sponge. So that never really dries out. It's just kind of, you know, it's kind of moist all the time. and Yeah, and designed. it's room temperature and it's already being used on dirty things and you're just giving them a home. Yeah, so just like lots of bacteria, this kind of yeastiness of, of you know, whatever food is on there. And it, uh, uh, and it's just in warm water, too. You don't wash dishes with cold water. So you're like feeding it with, with every – you're feeding the environment. You're amplifying the environment. A, uh, and thankfully, you're also sending soap through the environment. So that you, do send, you do bit. send some soap through there, yeah, but then it just sits there. Yeah, uh, A lot of um, people don't clean their sponge after using it. All right, family feud rule. Show me a doorknob. Show you a doorknob? For the list. I don't I don't know what that means. Doorknob. Is the, door, is the doorknob on a list? Yeah. Doorknob is doorknob is not on a list. And I, I'll tell you why. Um, because it's touched so often. So some of these dirty things have to have time for the bacteria to grow. So a lot of doorknobs, well, they have some bacteria on them, not as bad as say the remote control. Um, so toothbrush holder is actually next on the list because what happens you, your toothbrush that gets bacteria on it, but then it drips onto whatever the toothbrush holder is giving it the moisture. And you know, with that moisture, it was just in your mouth. The bacteria spawns from there. Uh, next is office break room stuff. And again, think of it as the opposite of doorknob in the sense that, and, and surprisingly missing from the list is toilet seat. Let's, well, yeah, yeah because which, like the, the like your thighs and your butt or whatever don't really touch that many things. Yeah, and what they butt, and like they're wrapped hole. in cloth. It's like, well, yeah, that's dirty. Like touch the touch the toilet seat. Yeah, so so but yeah, um, unless you're doing it wrong. So, but office break room stuff, um, just generally pretty gnarly. And and reason is it sits there a lot. It doesn't get used that much, and nobody does a really good job cleaning it. So something that sits in the break room, uh, pretty dirty. Dog toys, they're up there. They said a dog's mouth doesn't have much bacteria, but that's because it kind of sanitizes itself with their saliva. They get their saliva on it. It gets rubbed in the dirt. It's moved around uh, under the couch. A certain friend of ours would like to disagree about dog's mouth dirtiness. <laughs> I don't think he could. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, number eight here is money. Money tends yeah. to be pretty dirty. Uh, and then uh, number nine, follow up to the office break room stuff, is the office coffee pot. Now think about this. Probably the, the handle office, of the office coffee pot. No, the internals of the office coffee pot. Because who actually cleans out? So I, I you know, I get uh, gas station 
coffee very infrequently. But I notice that there's this element of gas station coffee that is just this moldy taste to it. And what it is, and I instantly just can't drink that coffee, uh, The uh, they never clean the inside of the coffee machine. So it just backs up with all this penicillin-like bacteria. Oh, yeah. And it, right? I thought you were talking just, about the coffee pot itself, not the, not no, the, the, internals. the water lines. Yeah, the internals of that coffee pot get really, really rancid. All right, let's move on to something else. All right, hang on. I got I have a few more. I'll run through them. Laundry is actually really dirty. A lot of times people take like their kind of dirty, shitty underwear uh, with piss stains and stuff, and they don't clean it at the right temperature so that bacteria doesn't actually die. Uh, the inside of somebody's purse, just it collects all these objects like the cell phone, money, keys. Uh, ATM. ATM is, uh, is gross. A lot of people touching it, boogers. Uh, shopping cart. The soap dispenser. And then kitchen towel, not just the sponge, but the towel that you hang in your kitchen that just kind of slowly dries out, always a bit moist. Uh, steering wheel. And uh, and then birthday cake. Mm, because you... I mean, yeah, exactly. Uh, right now, people are afraid to breathe on each other. A birthday cake is actually something you blow hard on to get the candles out. So, uh, all right, you're up. All right, I like this one. Norway's first plane hijacking was in 1985, and it was committed by an alcoholic who ransomed the passengers for beer after having um, drank the entire beer stash on the airplane. <laughs> um, what year was that? 81, you said? 85. 85? Interesting. Um, and that was Norwegian Air? Uh, somewhere in Norway. Uh-huh. Um. All right, let's uh, let's see what else I have here. Oh, I got a good one. I'm gonna hold. I got a good one about the Olympics, and you know how much I love the Olympics and, and factoids about the Olympics. I'm gonna hold that off uh, for a little bit, but that's my. I got a my few teaser. more. Let me here. You'll like this one. So, if you're an adult and you have a cataract, um, like you can wait a little while to to have it removed, and like your normal eyesight will be restored, but severe pediatric cataracts have to be removed almost immediately within like a couple weeks do you know why hmm. um the formation of the eye maybe close your, your eye is still is still growing and forming close the the reason is your brain is still developing and so if the eye start like kind of goes out like the brain will develop and say like, all right, we're just not going to use that eye. Holy so shit. the brain will adapt and say, all right, that eye is bad. And so even if you fix the eye later, the brain's basically just cut the wire there and said, we don't need that information. So no yeah, it's not the eye that is developing so much as it's the brain learning what's working with the body. Whereas if you're an adult, that's already set in stone. Mm, oh, I got a comment. <laughs> I gotta, uh, that's, that's, that's very interesting. I never want to know that. I got a comment uh, from Jess3989 Ica, and she said, so this is obviously we're talking about dirty stuff. She said, uh, um, remember when people washed their groceries? Yes. Uh, are we talking about during COVID? Uh, I'm, I'm assuming so, yeah. I'm assuming. Um, I, I never did that during COVID. Yeah, I, I didn't either, but, but a lot of no, like some produce, if I get produce, I'll, I, I'll often wash that, but that's like not COVID related. That has to do with just like coming from like fields and crap. Uh, yeah, produce you should because it's got uh, chemicals on it. We got a request to be in the, in the video here. If you guys are watching live and you want to jump in, you want to call in, go to my Instagram profile and click on the link in the Instagram profile and you'll appear on the screen here and we can let you in. Uh, you can't join the Instagram live. You can't join the TikTok live. You have to click the link in the Instagram profile while we're live. Uh, and then you can you can click to join. We'd love to uh, love to bring you on and hear what you have to share with your funny facts. Um, and if you're too funny, we may just kick you off. We don't no, like uh, no, we, we don't like regular contributors. Business. We need we need a <laughs> class clown. <laughs> um, all right, I got a. Oh, you know, I was just talking about uh, toothbrush. The toothbrush holder being uh, being one of the dirtiest things, especially in your bathroom, dirtier than your toilet seat. You uh, you brush your teeth in the shower? No, 
Have you ever brushed your teeth in the shower? I have. I'm not a. I'm not a big fan of it. No, it's a separate um, activity. So, but you know what I really hate is, and a lot of people do this, and 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 anytime I catch myself doing this, I just get really pissed off myself. Is uh, when you're brushing your teeth. I, I don't like just sitting there staring at myself in the mirror. Like I have to be doing something else, whether it's like. Oh, I never look at myself thing. in the mirror. I'm walking no, around but, or doing but something. Yeah, just, but just standing there like this, you know, for a minute or two. I, I just feel I'm not one to waste time. And uh, just standing there staring always, always gets me. So look, I'm not a fan of brushing my teeth in the shower. I have in the past. Uh, you know, sometimes I'll be standing there, shower's running, trying to brush my teeth first. And I hop in the shower with the toothbrush, but uh, I don't like doing that. And you, you want to know why? Because then, where, where do you, where are you going to put that toothbrush when you're done with it? Well, next to the drain. Let it rinse out. The drain on the floor of the shower? Yeah, of course. Oh no way! The shower floor is gross. I uh, so what I've done is uh, is tossed it into the sink from the shower. You open the curtain, you throw it out, and. Uh, yeah. You're However, talking to someone is... who is it, it, on more. I, I've probably drank a beer in a shower more on more occasions than I've brushed my teeth in a shower. Probably 50 50. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, the, the throwing the, the toothbrush from the shower to the sink has backfired on me. It has it has flown out of the out of the sink, you know, like a basketball going into the hoop and it, it kind of runs around and then pops out. Uh, it landed behind the toilet. And well, then now you, you got to throw that toothbrush out. Then you, then you just got to throw it out. It's over with. No more. You, know, you can't salvage it. Touch the ground next to the toilet. No way, Jose. Um, <clears throat> all right. What, what else you got for me? Fun facts here. Linoleum flooring is made almost entirely of renewable resources, naturally decomposes, and is technically edible. So next time your food budget's tight, take a look at your flooring. Well, I can tell you linoleum floors naturally decomposes because I've seen a lot of linoleum floors in uh, in pretty bad shape. Um, but there's actually a video that's been trolling me on YouTube. It just keeps popping up on YouTube. And I think the title of the video is Linoleum Floors Are Cool. So one of these days I'm going to have to pop in for the 12 minutes and, uh, and listen to this. Yeah, uh, linseed oil and powdered cork. Can you eat? Can you eat cork? <laughs> it's not going to kill you. Like it's cork is probably like inert, where like you just kind of like passes through you. Yeah, it's a bark, right? Yeah, bark of the cork tree. Bark of the cork tree. Um, I got one poisonous about it. It's not going to like get lodged in your tract and cause problems. You're just going to uh, have yeah. lighter weight poop. <laughs> it's gonna float. That's for sure. <laughs> um, all right, I got a, um, I got another shower. I got another shower factoid. Um, you know, you're in the shower, and uh, you have a, you have a curtain shower. Or you got you get the sliding door. Um, at home, I have a curtain. Okay, I like the sliding door. There's also some other other options there if you can get away with. I think the sliding door is one step above the curtain. I have a curtain right now. Um, but I have two curtains. There's two curtains. One's a more decorative, hangs on the outside, and then there's a more rubbery, rubberized, whatever you want to call it, one on the inside. Um, and that yeah, that's is the basic system. Well, a lot of people just have the one curtain. And you know what happens when you have the one curtain? The shower curtain comes inward when your shower heats up. I'm Pressure sure differential. Can... Exactly. So that that's the factoid, basically. What what is it that causes your shower curtain to suck inward towards you when you're taking a hot shower? And that's because the hot water heats up the air. Hot air is lighter and less dense than cold air. So the cooler air on the outside pushes in. It's and... also the water creates a current in the air. So the air on the inside of the shower is moving. Whereas the air on the outside of the shower is still, and moving air has lower pressure than standing air. That makes sense. Um, even at the same temperature? Mm -hmm. No, mm -hmm. the, the hotter temperature is also going to have lower pressure. So it's well, really like you've got two factors working together. 
Um, all right, what's uh, what's the next one you got for us? Um, this one's stupid. Modern American SUVs and pickup trucks are almost the exact same size as tanks were in World War II. Mm, no shit. If you were to look at like the dimensions, weight's probably a little bit on the side of the World War II tank, but in terms of just like length, width, and height, they're about I the would, same size. I would think width and height would differ. I would think a maybe maybe tanks that I envision, you know, like I, I think like the Lamborghini uh, Countach, which is a uh, a flatter, wider car. I think of a tank as flatter and wider. Yeah, but you also think like if you if you're describing something as a tank, you're describing something big. Fair enough. I'd like to I'd, I'd like to see a replica of a uh, of a tank. I'm sure at some point in my life I have, but I can't I can't put my finger on it. Um, do you want to explain what light pollution is? So a lot of people may have heard the term light pollution before, but do you really know what it is? What's being polluted? what's contributing to it and and why are we polluting our lights <laughs> what does that even mean well light pollution is just going to be ground-based lights that cause a reduction in the visibility of the nighttime sky because air is not perfectly translucent and so the more light you have at the ground source the more light gets picked up by the air above you and the water vapor and whatever else is in the air and then reflected back down to the ground and that reflected light down from the ground is basically a light source above you that's blocking out the faint light source that's higher above you vis-a-vis -vis the stars so to to kind of simplify because <laughs> uh, you use you ground asked. yeah no no but 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 um she's hoping you could explain it and then i'll, I'll simplify it but uh when oh, you say ground based when you say ground based light so in, in the event, if you're in a very dark place, and not just like one place, like all around you for miles and miles and miles. In the middle dark, of the desert. Desert's a great example. You look up, and you can see the, the stars and the moon and maybe some other galaxies. You can see some satellites very clearly. However, when you're in a place, especially like New York City, where there's a lot of what you called ground-based light, but what you really mean is just any light from electricity to you know fire or whatever else, uh, that light travels upwards, hits the particles in the air, and reflects back down to you. So you see, you basically, the sky appears brighter, which drowns out the light coming from the stars and the planets and whatever else. No, the reason why I say ground-based light is because, like, if you've got the moon out, you're going to be able to see less stars than on a moonless night, and that's not ground-based light. Sure, but that's still light coming towards you from closer than those stars. Right, but we wouldn't think of the moon as light pollution. No, we yeah, exactly. We would we wouldn't think of the It'll light have a similar outside of the earth. Exactly, um, <laughs> man. We <laughs> that light pollution. We really got to turn that down. But that's why a lot of uh, a lot of satellites and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not satellites. Observatories. Right observatories with uh giant giant telescopes are uh, are located in very remote areas and on the tops of mountains which typically are are pretty remote well the reason why you go but to the also, top of a mountain is because you've got less of coverage the, mm, the cloud coverage doesn't matter so much as it just is the amount of air between you and space is that air itself is a refractor of light <laughs> And so the higher up you can go, the less air is going to mess with the transmission of light from space. Well, less moisture in the air. No, no, it's like, just air itself. You could have perfectly dry air. And well, but you're also, but by going up, you're also eliminating the clouds and the moisture. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, all right, let's see. What uh, what else I have? Oh, I got, I got one about... Uh, Astronauts, another one about running shoes. Uh, what do you have? How much, what percentage of your body weight does your brain take up? Hmm. Well, I guess that would depend on 
the different body weights of different people, right? On average. I mean, okay, so let's say average uh, 180-pound person, and you have a 8- to 10-pound brain, I'm guessing. So uh, we'll say like a 118th, which is uh, what, like... uh, what is that going to be? Like around 20%, 22%? No, that's backwards. What's what what's the percentage? I'm guessing 2%. the brain weighs 2%? 2%. What percentage of your weigh? calories? So of the calories that your body burns every day, what percentage of the calories are attributed to your brain? Um, okay, so no, my, my math was 5%, but you're saying 2%. So, but my so, question yeah, to you is how much... percent of your body... And then how many, what percentage of your calories expended every single day are burned because of having a brain? Not you necessarily. The number is going to be lower for you. <laughs> um, what percentage of your calories are burned by your brain? Well, yeah, so you think I, like your digestive system burns calories I would argue, to do things. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to say, I was going to argue 100%. No, no, but, no. Think yeah. about like... <laughs> If if you if you I mean, can exist without your brain, which I've seen you do before, <laughs> then what? Like you've got all the calories that the rest of your body needs to burn to do its thing, but to run your brain, what percentage of your daily calories does it require? Oh, I'm gonna guess uh, about five percent. Twenty. 20% really? of your calories yeah. burned are just to keep the brain going. Interesting. Interesting. So 2% uh, of your weight, 20% of your calories. Mm, that might explain why you go crazy when you're like starving. Like literally starving, not like you're hungry because you didn't have any, any nest. It could be. Because, <laughs> um, well, your, your brain, <clears throat> as, as you have problems with your body, the other, like hypothermia, or starvation or whatever, your brain will like cut off calories and circulation to parts of the body in kind of ascending order of importance. So like you're gonna lose you're gonna lose your feet and your hands first because they're the extremities and they're the least likely for you to need. Like your heart and your brain are gonna be the last places to get shut off because those are the two most important things. Yeah. yeah. Also lungs. Lungs, yeah, lungs, heart, <laughs> brain. Uh, <clears throat> all right, I got uh, I got one for you, uh, and I, I'm asking these questions. I know the answers for already, like the light pollution. Um, obviously, I know the answers. I looked these up. Maybe not Florida, Alaska, da, 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 coastline. Forget that one. <laughs> but uh, um, how is it that minimalist shoes, so shoes with less padding, prevent more injury? Um, depends on what type of injuries. If you're going to talk about well, ankle general, injuries, general running injury. Uh, probably because you're gonna, you, your body has to do more work to keep stability throughout the running stroke, and by developing the muscles that that you need to keep stable between your ankle and your knee and everything, you're gonna have stronger muscles. So that way, when something does go wrong. You're not um, stressing uh, uh, a weak system. You're you're onto something. You're onto something. First, first and foremost is when your heel hits the ground and strikes the ground, it's compressing every, all the joints, right? So your ankle, there's no buffer, just basically the cartilage when your heel hits the ground. So having a, a running shoe with a big heel helps suppress some of that. And then obviously your knee. There's no real muscle buffer between your heel, your ankle, and your knee. That's basically just cartilage and whatever's on the bottom. And whatever's on the bottom of a a thick running shoe. And then you have your knee, which will give you a little buffer uh, to your hip. Right? So your knee bending. Um, There's a fair amount of muscles around the hip. Yes, but... But but what's you know there's no the direct impact uh, when your heel strikes the ground affects your ankle 
and your knee. Your knee is able to bend a little bit, but that's the first point that bends. The next point that bends would be your hip. Yeah. Now, when you have a low profile, a minimalist running shoe, you don't run heel toe. You run on the ball of your foot. So basically where this padding would be on your hand, same place in your foot. So you're, you're landing mostly on the, the ball of your foot, uh, maybe a bit more flat footed, but, but really the, the ball of your foot is taking most of that impact. And then your ankle is actually acting as a spring. So your ankle isn't having that impact with the ground. And so your ankles bear a little bit better and then your knees bear a little bit better and then your hip bears a little bit better. The downside is it takes a lot of building up of the calf muscle and tempering of the calf muscle to be able to build up the, the long run. So when people start wearing minimalist shoes, they have to understand you adjust your running, you know, your running structure and the way your foot hits the ground. You can't any longer run heel to toe or you're going to have some really bad ankle damage, some heel spurs, things like that. You got to get up on the yeah. ball of your foot. I also thought that, um, like with a, with a higher cushion shoe, there's going to be more material, which raises the center of gravity for your ankle. And so that's going to make your foot more unstable. If you step on an uneven surface and your foot starts to roll, the higher the center of gravity, the quicker it rolls. <clears throat> that would be, uh, that would be, uh, probably a, a very good one, which is why I like tennis shoes like and indoor soccer shoes have a very low profile. Yeah. Like think about it, which... Which shoe is going to be easier for you to roll your ankle ankle in? A pair of tennis shoes or a pair of high heels? Yeah, exactly. And with running shoes, a big, big fat heel on those, which a lot of the running shoes have very thick soles. Your yeah, your your ankle is further away from the ground. So, uh, so that's it on uh, how minimalist shoes uh, actually provide better support. Uh, all right, I got a, uh, I got astronauts, and then I got the Olympics. And the Olympics Astronauts. one, I think, is going to blow your mind. No, it's in the uh, Olympics so, one, then. <clears throat> no, no, we got time. We got time. Uh, how do astronauts shower in space? Um, they don't really. <laughs> you ever thought about that? They, they don't really. Um, so there's been a couple of different ways. Uh, at one point in time, they would seal themselves in a plastic bag and clip it up top, and it would put water in the bag. And, uh, and that's how they would, they would clean themselves. And then they would towel dry after that. The water would just kind of stick to them. Um, they also did some sponge bathing. Um, but that still takes a lot of water to do. So now what they do is they have small packets, these little packets of water that they squeeze onto themselves. And the water kind of sticks, once you squeeze it out, kind of sticks to the skin. And then they add uh, rinseless uh, shampoo and rinseless uh what do you call it? Soap. And uh, they kind of rub that in and then they dry themselves off. I feel like there are some middle school out, uh, middle schoolers that in collaboration with Axe Body Spray could come up with a solution here. <laughs> yeah, uh, I can. Uh, yeah. Uh, middle schoolers, <laughs> you you stinky sons of bitches. <laughs> you guys you either smell really bad or really bad and like Axe. <laughs> uh, um all right, you want to throw one in there before I give you this Olympics one? You got one more to throw in? Um, I'm going to throw one in that's not a fun fact, but I, since I mentioned Axe, um, you, you, so you didn't have the the opportunity to go to like a four-year school where you actually stayed on campus. Um, I, didn't go, I didn't go to a sleepover college. Yeah living, yeah, living in a dorm, one of the things we would do to somebody is um, Axe used to have like a pull, like kind of a trigger. Okay. And like what we would do is you take a zip tie to the trigger and pull it. And then you just throw that into somebody's room and shut the door. Mm, and it just goes on, on, on. Uh, you got a uh, filled, oh, filled soda. soda. Oh, I like this one. You go ahead and read it. All right. Filled soda from Twitch says, got one for you. The guy who invented the Frisbee, when he died, he got cremated and turned into a Frisbee. That's interesting. I wonder. I wonder. <laughs> wonder what dog chewed up that frisbee. <laughs> <laughs> you know how uh, frisbees were invented? Uh, by a by a slightly weird uh, weird dude. No, it was. Uh, they were originally pie tins. It was the Frisbee Pie Company, uh, and the pie tins 
were shaped in such a way that like when you threw them, they went really far. So the guy saw like kids using like these pie tins as toys and that gave him the idea to like refine it into a better flying device. So, hey, filled soda, are you sure this guy got cremated and turned into a Frisbee or cremated and turned into pie? <laughs> because uh, one is slightly more uh, sadistic, but, uh, you know, people are weird. And he would need he'd need somebody else on the inside of the pie factory to, to help out with that one. Well, same thing with the Frisbee factory. All right. So, look, here's a, here's the one I got for you uh, about the Olympics. <clears throat> so, do you know that the U.S. Olympic Committee awards athletes a dollar amount for a gold, silver, and bronze medal? Uh I didn't know that. I, I feel I like I maybe, heard that, yeah, like you got some kind of prize for winning. But I thought, I, I thought maybe, well, was. you get a gold medal, right? You get the well, gold yeah, medal. Yeah, but you're not going to sell it. Well, you could, especially if you're hard for money. And if, if, if you spent the last nine years of your life training for one sport, you, you got a gold medal, and, and now you're a bit old to do that sport, and you realize you've sacrificed – 85% of the rest, you know, of your life. Yeah. Otherwise you have not everyone gets to skills. sign a Wheaties box endorsement. Yeah. You're, you're not signing with Wheaties or Nike. You got limited social skills. You got limited job opportunity, limited connections. Cause you've sunk your life into, into competitive diving or something. You're, you know what? Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, but, uh, but the U S awards, a gold medal winners, uh, $25,000. And so this actually, this fact actually has a sick twist to it. Uh, gold medalists get $25,000, silver medalists get $15,000, and $10,000 for bronze medalists. But, but, and uh, here's the catch they have to pay tax on this. And they're not anymore. A, they changed that. They're taxed at a, at a cash bonus on this. They, that, I think that actually changed. That used to be the case. I think after the 2021 Olympics, they actually made it that the, uh, the Olympic prize money is tax free. Mm, that would still I'm surprise not me. that, but I remember reading about that. So I think well, that like it it no longer is the case. I, fuck, I got one more fact after this. Let me let me rush through this. Uh, so you so I heard that you're taxed, uh, and the tax for the gold medal is about nine thousand. But on top of being taxed for the cash bonus, you're actually taxed for the value of the medal that you receive. So, so the gold, there's no the such gold thing medal, as a different tax rate for a cash bonus. Income is income. It's not like cash bonuses are taxed higher than regular wages. Well, if, if you had a W-2 and then you had a $25,000, uh, you know, earning for, uh, for your gold medal, that, would, that wouldn't appear under your wages line on your taxes. Mm, yeah, but you're not paying it a would different be tax rate on it. it. it would, no, it would still be factored into your adjusted gross. And, uh, and you but yeah, you're not paying. It's not like if you pay 25% on your normal wages, you pay 40% on your. No, um, you'd have to be. You'd have to be at the highest bonus. tax rate to to be. Taxed right, but it's yeah, way. it's not because people always think like I'm getting taxed out the ass on like my commissions or whatever. I'm like, no, you're going to get taxed the same. Um. All right, so I got one more for you. And uh, and that is what is the first day of the week? Sunday. First day of the week, international standard, is Monday. So uh, a lot of people in the U.S. and the West, so U.S. Canada, believe that Sunday, and all of our calendars here read Sunday as the first day of the week, but Sunday is in fact part of the week end. Well, I mean, for, we all know that intrinsically, <laughs> but uh, but only only in the West. So basically, Canada and the U.S. When you're when you're looking at a calendar, does it start on Monday? And I actually went online. I looked at some calendars, uh, you know, internationally, and they all start on Monday. And I've noticed some of the calendars sometimes on some of my devices start on Monday. So, um, little uh, little funny fact that the International Standard Week starts on a Monday. Only in the U.S. do our calendars read the beginning of the week is on a Sunday. Uh, all right, we got about 60 seconds left. What I got one we... more. You'll all like right. this one. So in the U.S. Constitution, in Section 10, the, um, the original version of the Constitution, Constitution, the one that was actually written out, uses the wrong version of its and its. <laughs> no way. Yeah, and so all school textbooks. Huh? Is that a Jefferson? Would that be Jefferson that that mixed that up? Maybe I don't know who actually wrote it. Like they yeah. were all involved, but like yeah, there's a there's a typo in the in the original version of the U.S. Constitution. 
Mm. And not a typo because it was written, but you know what I mean. Is they there's a they well, when, they got the grammar wrong. When that document the was written, situation. they thought of they thought of every case inside now and future cases that they couldn't even fathom they accounted for. Yeah. <laughs> Except for this conversation. Um, but yeah, so all all US school textbooks repeat this error when they like reprint it. If you go into the back of like a history book or whatever it says US Constitution, you can read it. They they repeat the error because that's what's actually written in the Constitution. And we didn't learn that in seventh grade. We're just learning that now. Well, we um, didn't know the difference between incidents in seventh grade, apparently. Also, gold medal, 18 to 25 ounces, contains mostly silver. Thank you, TikTok. On that note, we are out. Thank you guys for joining us. Laters. Adios. All right, that concludes this episode. Thank you very much for joining, as always. If you have not already, as I said in the beginning, interacted with this podcast in any way, shape, or form, that's commenting, liking, sharing, subscribing. It all helps us grow this podcast. We love doing this podcast. If you made it this far, little part of you, little part deep down inside must enjoy it too. So uh, help us out, and uh, we'll see you next time. I like PBR. I just got priced out of it. Any interaction with the podcast uh, really helps us boost, boost, uh, no fucking A.